Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And we are coming in hot today on this Tuesday afternoon. Raider Nation Radio, KRLV, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Damon Cotton behind the wheels of steel. Your boy Q here. And uh, joining us to start off the show to kind of be our leadoff hitter today is Raiders linebacker Denzel Perryman. And Denzel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for leading us off this afternoon. And you're going to be playing in the battle for Vegas that takes place next Monday at a Las Vegas ballpark. So how exciting and how much fun is it going to be to get out there on the diamond with the fellas? Oh, man, first and foremost, man, I want to appreciate y'all and thank y'all for having me on. Uh, and, man, it's going to be uh, real exciting, man. I haven't played baseball, uh, honestly, since I turned on my Xbox, man. <laughs> it's been a while, man. <laughs> but, uh, really, you know, I haven't played uh, baseball, like, since, you know, since the third grade. But, you know, just getting out there, man, just having fun, being out there, you know, around the guys, and, you know, just competing against some guys, you know, who actually, you know, swing a stick, uh, you know, like a hockey stick or whatever, you know, that guy's, you know, some type of rhythm with this. It's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, no, it, it, I remember being out there last year and all the guys had a lot of fun going up against the Golden Knights. And of course, we'll be out there again this year to check it out. But I know you said you haven't played baseball since really like third grade, but you're a big hitter on the football field. What kind of hitter are you in the in, in the batter's box? Uh, man, honestly, I swing at the first pitch. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely going to happen. But, you know, if I connect, it's either going far, you know, far out, or it's, you know, going fast in and field. So just just be ready. Okay. Hey, look, everyone's going to be ready, and you kind of gave the Golden Knights a, a insight to you already that you're going to swing at the first pitch. So they might not give you a real good pitch on that first one, but uh, I think you'll figure out what to do with it uh, when you're out there at Las Vegas Ballpark. Again, Battle for Vegas taking place next Monday. Uh, what position do you play? Are you outfield? Are you infield? Or do you not know yet? Man, well, I hope they put me in the outfield. That's why I played, you know, in the third grade. You know, this is going to take me back to old memories. You know, not too many people hit the outfield. Right. I heard that. Talking again right now with Raiders <laughs> linebacker Denzel Perryman, who will be part of Team Jacobs, which is going on uh, next week as far as the battle for Vegas. It's going to be Team Riley Smith representing the Golden Knights and Team Josh Jacobs uh, representing the Raiders. And of course, Denzel Perryman is definitely going to be one of those guys out there on the field. So I know you got the Miami swag. I know you always have the beanie cap on. You got the coffee. I mean, you're always hooked up like that. Does Denzel Perryman play softball with the beanie cap on, too? Uh, I mean, if they allow me to wear the beanie cap, I definitely will play with the beanie cap. But, you know, safety first. Well, the good thing but, about uh, softball, you can do that in the outfield. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right about that. You're right about that. <laughs> Just got to make sure that glove working, you know, make sure the sun ain't, you know, too far on my face. You know what I mean? I'll be all right. I'll right. No doubt, no doubt. And that is on the 18th, which is next Monday. And, of course, the the uh, veterans, you guys report to training camp on the 20th. When you've been in the league like you've been in what does this type of year feel like, you know, when you know training camp's right around the corner? Man, uh, for me right now, man, I just know it's like staying in shape, you know, for, you know, probably like the young guys, you know, they're probably like lifting all these weights and all that. But, you know, as you get older, you know, man, just coming into camp healthy, you know, maintaining your body, taking care of your body, staying healthy. 
Is it still a grind training camp, or oh, is it? Of course, man. It's always a grind, man. But you know, you, I mean, every training camp is different. But you know, you, you just know. You know what I mean? Like you said, like you just know. Like it's always a grind. Training camp always gonna be a grind. It's just the mindset that you go to training camp with. How how much do you have to have to know that you're okay? I'm ready to go for the regular season. Uh, I mean, mentally, I feel like you know. What I mean, you, you got to be ready to go at all, like at all times. I mean, you can't have like you know no. No spiked out of, you know what I mean, not being ready to go. Right, no doubt about it. We're talking with uh, Denzel Perriman, Raiders linebacker here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, starting us off on this Tuesday. And as far as uh, Antonio Pierce, he's a guy that we talked to at the mandatory minicamp, uh, the media sessions. He gave me some juice. I got fired up. I got excited just talking to him. What kind of juice and energy does he bring to that linebacking room? Man, AP, you know that. I mean, you know how he was as a player, man. He, I think he still, you know, I, I, I know he feel like, man, he just want to put a helmet on and some shoulder pads and be out there with us, man. You know, not only that, you know, he's a, you know, a coach, man. Uh, but you know, he, so he, he's a player. He's a, a real life player's coach. He understands us. You know, he speaks our language, and uh, you know, just his energy, man. He's a linebacker. You know, he led the defense, and you know, he, you know, kind of gives us, you know, little tools and tips, you know, to help us, you know, do the same thing. But man, energy wise, it's on another level, man. Like, uh, like I'm always laughing, which is a good thing. Right, right. And I'll tell you, he he did when he was talking to us. I mean, I got pumped up, and you know, I ain't going out there and hitting nobody. But I mean, he <laughs> he, he, he had me fired up just the way he was talking. I felt like he was really going to bring a lot of energy to that linebacking room and the defense in, in general. How, how about your, yourself? How excited are you to get your second year underway with the silver and black? Man, I'm more than excited, man. It's nothing but love, man. Raider Nation all day, man. Um, just, to, I mean, just to have that opportunity, man, to, to put that silver black on the general, man, means a lot. And uh, you know, yeah, man, like, I don't know, man. I, I don't have too much to say, man. I'm, I'm a short answer guy, man. I'm, I'm just excited. I'm, I'm a stay tuned type of guy. Yeah, no, I'm okay with that. And you know, all the Raider Nation is excited. They're fired up about this season. Everyone knows the AFC West is going to be a tough out. You know, every team in the AFC West looks really good. And I know that you, like you said, don't do a whole lot of talking. But as far as just kind of looking at the division, how do you see it? Man, the division always going to be the division. Whether you know this division or another division, man, it's, it's any given Sunday. Right. Any given Sunday, like you said, man. You know, it's a lot of different weapons on a lot of different teams, and. You know, it just happened to be, you know, in this division that we're in right here. So, like I always say, man, stay tuned, man. You know, <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> you know, man, these, these games like rival games, man. So Right. All right, you know. Denzel, you said that you, you gift, you, you're you good for the short answers, so I'm going to just throw a couple at you, a little <laughs> rapid fire. You said you ain't lifting right. no more. You said the, you lead the weights for the young guys. What was the max bench in your prime? Mm, max bench in my prime, 435. In college. Woo, 435, and you got 27 at the combine. Could you rep out that 27 today? Honestly, I probably could. <laughs> okay. Got, got you, DeMond. <laughs> See, Denzel, let me take you behind the scenes real quick. De- De- DeMond is our – he's our, our resident weightlifter. He's our guy that's, you know, swole, and he always walks around. you Popping know, let, this shirt right let, now. Letting everyone know that he's about to rip out his shirt. So he always thinks he's going to come with some weightlifting question, and then someone ups him like you just did, and his eyes get large. So that's what you just did. You made DeMond's eyes large with that answer. Hey, 435, oh, you didn't man. play with. 
No, 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 it's not. So, uh, Denzel, we, we definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. As far as the, the game goes, again, it's going on on Monday at the Las Vegas Ballpark. Last year, uh, Team Marcus Allen, they won. So the Raiders won last year. There's a lot of pressure on you guys because the Golden Knights are going to want to win this game. How much, how much competitive edge are you going to bring to this one? I mean, I'm always competing, man. I mean, thank God I ain't putting a mouthpiece in. You know, I don't have to get physical out there. But, you know, I'm always <laughs> competing, man. You know, <laughs> when I put them cliques on, you know, when I get in the game mode, I'm in the game mode. But like I said, man, it's, it's going to be more, you know, about, you know, having fun. You know, obviously, you know, we want to win. But it's just about having fun, man, just being out there with the guys, you know, just putting on the show. And you are our leadoff hitter today. Are you going to be batting leadoff for the Raiders next next week? Uh, man, I don't know. I hope they don't put me up there first. I got I got to see what's going on. I got to study the picture. You know well, I, mean? I got to I got to do a little scout report. I mean, you got you're a, going on. You're a tone setter though. You got to set the tone of the game. That's what the leadoff hitter does. Set the tone. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, y'all go ahead and put me up first. If they listen to this, man. Y'all go ahead and put me up first. I hope I don't strike out. All right, Denzel. So we got the hockey team versus the football team. If we did a half football, a half hockey, how would you do on the ice? Ooh. I ain't gonna lie, man. I don't know how to skate too well. <laughs> I but don't know how to I, skate know, at all. You know, how, you know how to go to the skating ring, and you know you got that that person that's always on the edge and by the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, just in case they fall, they gotta you know what I'm saying they can use the wall real quick. That's me. See, there you go. See, I don't. But but you know, as as the, you know, as as the, as it goes on, I might be in the middle. I ain't gonna be too far in the middle because. I go a little too fast, can't slow down, then I'm going right back to the wall. <laughs> then I'm going to throw the whole circle off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, look, I'll tell you, Denzel, back in the day, and this was only roller skating. To get me on the roller skating rink, there had to be something I was trying to chase out there, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that was the only thing that got me out there on the roller skating. I'll tell you that. I'll be honest with you, man. That's that's it, because I would fall. I'd be that guy. So, yeah, I'm telling you, that's me. Ain't no road bounces. Right? Yeah. Right, no doubt about it. Well, Denzel, thanks for leading us off today, man. We definitely appreciate you. We'll see you uh, next week for training camp, but we'll see you on Monday at the Las Vegas Ballpark. All right, man, I appreciate it, man. I can't wait to see you man. All right, there he goes, Denzel Perryman right there, the linebacker from the Raiders. He will be part of Team Jacobs. And what a way to start the show off, huh? Just start off coming right out the gates with uh, Denzel Perryman. You know that you're going to have a really good show. He was the leadoff hitter. See, I convinced him, Damon. I convinced him to be the leadoff hitter. Now he's going to go to to Josh, who's the who's the the captain of the team, and say, hey, you got to put me in as the leadoff hitter because I'm the tone setter. That's the most important guy, the guy who sets the tone. And the reason I know Denzel Perryman's the tone center, if you remember that Miami game, remember that Miami game when – the Raiders weren't doing too hot, and what happened? He went and put a big hit on somebody, right? And I forget who it was. It was somebody out of the backfield. Was that the Was that the Miami game? Because then Casey Hayward is, ended up getting the getting the, the member, uh, safety the safety on Waddle, right? But I thought that the play before Denzel Perryman put a big hit on somebody and, and gave him a like a two yard or three yard loss, and then it backed him up a little bit. I thought that was the sequence. Of course, I could be I could be tripping, but he was a he was a big hitter, and I remember a big hit that he put on. Oh, I thought it was a running back. Was that Miami? It could have been, but like you have a better memory of these games. Because, apparently, I don't because you're watching him and I'm <laughs> I running around. I know, but apparently, I, maybe I don't. I don't know, but uh, there you go, Denzel sounds Perryman. Good, it sounds good, right? I just just roll with it and believe that I know what I'm talking about. In, instead of instead of questioning myself, now you know that that I have a little bit of doubt. And when you have a little bit of doubt, that's a fail. But uh, Denzel Perryman and many others, including Darren Waller, Foster Moreau. 
trying to remember who else is going to be on the team. Jacobs, obviously Josh Jacobs. He's the captain of the team. It's going to be a lot of fun. And why don't we go ahead? Since uh, Denzel Perryman already let us off, why don't we go ahead and give out some tickets to that? Right? How about we look for caller number nine real quick? Uh, 702-365-9200. You want to be out there next Monday night at the uh, Monday night at the Las Vegas ballpark? Team Riley Smith, Team Josh Jacobs. It's the battle for Vegas. Last year, the Raiders won. Who's going to win this year? Well, you could be on hand to see. Right now, call number nine is what I'm looking for. 702-365-9200. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. We're really excited. Um, I think just to be able to, to give back to this community and put on this event and, and um, have it uh, support families in need in the, this, this local town is, is the most important thing. Obviously, I'm saying that because we, we've lost the last two games, but um, it's a lot of fun. It's a great family affair, and um, you know there's still tickets out there for, for people to come. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. That was Riley Smith right there from Team Riley Smith, who will be going up against Team Josh Jacobs in the Battle for Vegas next Monday night at the Las Vegas Ballpark. We just heard from Raider linebacker Denzel Perriman, who will be playing. He is now convinced to be the leadoff hitter, and I, I would like to feel like I'm responsible for that. But uh, uh, looking forward to seeing the guys out in action, and they had a lot of fun last year, and we had a lot of fun. Matter of fact, it was basically one of my first weekends here in town, and that was one of the first things I was able to do and, and go out there and check out and uh, meet a lot of Raider Nation. Met a lot of the people that listen to the show each and every day was able to meet them out at the ballpark as it was packed. No doubt about it. It was really packed. Uh, two of my best friends that I've met so far in town, uh, Mickey and Mary, they were both out there uh, at the at the Battle for Vegas, and I got to hang out with them a little while, uh, talk to the Violator for a little bit. I mean, just all kind of different folks were in attendance to that game last night, and or not last night, but last year, and it was a lot of fun. So, And it kind of uh, signified that, hey, the season's right around the corner, training camp's right around the corner, and for the Silver and Black, the rookies are actually reporting on that Monday, the 18th, and then the veterans on the 20th. And so, as you heard Denzel Perryman say when he let us off talking about every year, it's a grind. And, you know, I, I know it's a grind, but I was just wondering if it gets a little bit easier as, as time goes. And I'm sure it gets a little bit easier, but it's still a lot of work as you prepare themselves to get ready for the upcoming season and knowing how how physical it is and how much work has to be put into trying to put together a team and so of course Denzel Perriman uh, part of this new Raiders defense led by Patrick Graham as it was led by Gus Bradley a year ago so we'll see how everything shakes out but we'll start to see some things coming up next week so excited about that got to give a big shout out to my guy Dwayne who got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go to the battle for Vegas a matter of fact he's on the phone lines right now Dwayne welcome to the show what's on your mind Hey, thanks, man. Just excited to get uh, to go to the game. I went last year and forgot to get on for All right, I think we lost him. Well, I'm glad we didn't lose you before we gave you those tickets. But, uh, yeah, all I did understand was that he said he was out there last year, and it was a lot of fun. There were so many people out there. And I'll tell you what, uh, Raider Nation goes out there and, and really represents – the Golden Knight fans will go out there and represent as well. I mean, they represent in a major way. Matter of fact, they might have been a little bit louder last year. Uh, Dwayne would probably have a better idea, but they might have been a little bit louder than even Raider Nation was uh, a year ago now. I'm interested to see how much that changes from a year, you know, and of course with the Golden Knights being here before the Raiders and being the homegrown team here, of course they're going to have a lot of representation, but I want to see how that kind of shifts and how that changes 
over the course of time as the Raiders continue to plant their flag and and and, and you know water their seeds here in in uh, in town. So that's that that's going to be a lot of fun again. It's it's a fun event. Uh, there's a lot of home runs hit. There's a lot of errors made. There's a lot of guys laughing and having a lot of fun. And that's at the end of the day, like like uh, Denzel told us, it's all it's all it's about. Real quick before before like the first national anthem, were you surprised when the Knights? came out in yeah. that part of the anthem yeah because it's just one of those yeah let me know like oh no the golden knights this is a golden knights town for now still right for sure and i mean they do that at the raider games you know and and i didn't i didn't realize that so the first time that they did it when we were at Allegiant stadium i was like whoa didn't i didn't see that coming right i didn't see that coming but that's that's just one of those things that you learn you learn that pretty quick fast and in a hurry and uh it's so funny because when i talk to different reporters that come to town to cover a game and all of a sudden they hear that they don't expect it either, so it's it's kind of a surprise to them. But yeah, no doubt about it, man. Las Vegas is definitely a Golden Knights town. Two eighteen is the time. We have a lot of good guests coming up on the show, including Denzel Perryman, who we heard from in the very first segment of the show, immediately coming out the gate. So that was a that was a great way to start the show. But coming up at two thirty, we have our training camp two a days. We're going to continue that. We got everything started yesterday with the Chargers, the Cardinals, and then the. Uh, who else did we have on the show yesterday? We had Toronto. Oh, the, yeah, the Titans. the Titans. Yeah, there you go. There's the that's the that's the schedule right there. Uh, the Chargers, the Cardinals, and the Titans. Today we'll be talking Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, and Houston Texans. But we're gonna do it in this order. We have Brandon Cristal from Sports uh, Sports uh, KOA in Denver. He's gonna be coming up in a matter of minutes at two thirty. He'll be talking all things Broncos. But then at three o'clock we'll have John McClain who joins us every single Tuesday at three o'clock. He's from the Houston Chronicle, formerly the Houston Chronicle. So we'll talk Texans with him. Him, and then we'll kind of go out of order and we'll talk to Rob Collins from Fox 4 KC talking all things Chiefs. So Brandon Cristal at 2.30, John McClain at 3, Rob Collins at 3.30 as we continue with our training camp two-a-days talking all things Broncos, Texans, and Chiefs on today's show. We're going to go through it the course of this week. All week long, we're going to make sure we do these uh, training camp two-a-days so we get every team that's on the Raiders' upcoming schedule in 2022, their regular season schedule, we'll get a in-depth kind of a preview of what the team looks like going into training camp. And then once the 53-man roster is set, we'll get an in-depth idea of what that team actually looks like and, and how everyone's feeling as far as the beat riders and people who cover those teams like a glove, uh, how they feel about the team, how the fan base is feeling about the team. So a lot of fun doing that. We'll get that going around 2.30. Now, DeMond, I wanted to ask you if you saw this yesterday and this you know summer league's going on right now here in las vegas we've done our shows there from a, for a couple days esp in las vegas our sister station they're doing their shows from there all week that long this week did you see richard jefferson as a official yes i did and it's funny you know sometimes when you see a tweet and you're like oh i've got to see this because that's that's interesting to me right adam hill tweeted about richard jefferson his first call he makes a mistake and the right. crowd rains down booze right and i was like well i gotta flip onto this summer league game just to see Richard Jefferson being an official. Right, and he only did it for a quarter. But it seemed pretty cool, right? I mean, it seemed pretty cool that he was able to put in the work. And that's what he did. I mean, he really did. He went to, uh, you know, officiating school. He had some meetings and everything just to try to learn and try to put himself in their shoes. Because we always dog the officials, right? We get on the officials. We get on the referees, umpires, whatever the case may be. We get on them. But we've never been in that position. So I respect Richard Jefferson for doing that. But what it got me doing and what got me thinking when I saw this and I saw this last night was what position would you want to be in where it's out of your element and something that you don't do, but it would give you a better understanding of what these guys do do. 
And that's just in sports in general. So that's the question that I want to throw out there. That's the topic that I want to throw out there today uh, for open line time at 702-365-9200 in the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. What position in sports would you like that is probably a, a very highly criticized position, but a position that you'd like to be in at least for a little while just to understand what it feels like? I have a really good one. A real, at least I think it's a really good one. Offensive coordinator. Ooh. The play caller, though. Because we all talk about play calling all the time, right? Oh, play calling sucks. Play calling this. Play calling that. It's really easy to call plays on Madden. It is not really easy to call plays in real life. So for maybe one quarter, maybe just a drive. Let's not get greedy. How about for one drive, I get a chance to call plays? Because you know you've got to set up one play to set up another play, right? You do one play early in the game to set up a play to be more successful later on in the game. I mean, it's not just, oh, box A, box B, box C. Okay, no, flip the page. Okay, box D, oh, no, shotgun. No, I mean, it's not that like we see on Madden. We know that it's so difficult to call plays and get into a rhythm because that's what play calling is. So for me, that's what I'd like to do. Give me a drive. I say give me a quarter. But you'd probably fire me after one drive. So just, just, I'll just take the one drive of having an opportunity to call plays. I think that would be a lot of fun and give me a better understanding of how, you know, time's ticking. You got to get the play in. You got to get it, you know, relayed to the quarterback. This and that. You got so many things you're trying to process. And, oh, by the way, you got another team that you're going up against. It's not like you're going up against a video game. Man, yours is so like just one game scenario. See how it goes. Mine would be more drawn out. Let me be a scout and let me get a draft pick and see how it pans out. That because everyone thinks that they can evaluate talent. Okay, okay. But I would want to be like, no, let me scout. Let me like go out, be on the scout. So team. you want to be uh, okay? So you want to be in in Dave Ziegler's ju- uh, shoes where you have to go in and, uh, and 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 make the draft pick? Yeah, not like the whole, but just so I can see, do I can I evaluate talent the way when I see like that boy good, and then it's just. <laughs> Is he actually good? Do I know what I'm watching? Do I know what I'm looking for? So we had Bucky Brooks on the other day. So do you want to be in Bucky Brooks' shoes where he can sit there on NFL Network and say, hey, you know, this is what DeMond does really well. He runs a really good 40, but his hips are a little tighter. You know, you want to be that guy. Yes. Okay. But, you know, just to be like, just let me get the six-round draft pick. All right, DeMond, you can control the six-round <laughs> draft pick. And then let's see if he, like, if he makes the team or not. Okay, I like that. I no, I like. I think that that's great. Again, I'm not trying to be that guy because if I draft somebody and that guy stinks, guess what? Yes, I'm going to be like uh, Jamarcus Russell on on Twitter today. Like Jamarcus Russell's been all over Twitter talking about how the Raiders failed him. That he was on the pivot. He was <laughs> okay, on the pivot okay. podcast. Like, and what, so what made him get the talk? Yeah, no, he's he's all of a sudden been the hot subject ever since he put out that piece on the Players Tribune. But now he's got all kind of stuff going on and talking about how well the Raiders had the number one overall pick for a reason. They wanted me to come in. He said he did. He he called he basically he compared himself and other black quarterbacks to Jesus. How they want they want uh, these guys to come and save everybody, but there ain't nothing to save or what. I mean, again, I understand that the Raiders were not a good organization at the time when they had the number one overall pick. That's why they have the number one overall pick. But Jamarcus Russell did himself no favors in trying to be a good quarterback in the league. And oh, by the way, when he washed out with the Raiders and they let him go eventually, who picked him up and he was successful with? I'll wait. Yeah, there's going to be nobody. <laughs> exactly. So you can blame it on the organization all you want, but dog, a little bit of it's on you, right? A little bit it's on you. I'm not saying it's all on him because the organization does have, you know, plays a role. But come on, man. If you were that good and this was just such a real bad situation with the organization, some team would have picked you up. Some team. You, If you were that, you know, if it was just the organization, 
They wouldn't have gave you a blank CD and said, go look at the game plan, and you talk, come back and say, oh, I already checked it out. That was on you. That was on you. All you had to do was pop in the film and realize there was no film, and you could have came back and looked like the smartest dude in the room. Hey, man. Hey, coach. I think you gave me the wrong disc. This is blank. Oh, okay. You passed the test. Instead, he failed. So, anyway, didn't mean to sidetrack and start talking to Jamarcus Russell, but since he's been so heavily on uh, on Twitter today and like I said, and, and it's not him on Twitter. It's just the clips of his uh, his uh, session that he had on the Pivot, the podcast that's out. And so I'm sure you'll hear a lot of people talking about that. But I uh, would love to hear from you real quick at 702-365-9200. Also the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. In the wake of what Richard Jefferson did, which I thought was really cool, putting himself in the shoes of an official and was able to officiate one quarter of a summer league game last night here in Las Vegas, what job in sports, it doesn't have to be football, but what job in sports would you like to have just so you can get a taste of what it feels like. Because we criticize a lot of different positions, but we have not been in those shoes. So we just kind of want to get a taste like Richard Jefferson did. So let us know about it. 702-365-9200. Who we got up? New England Raider. New England Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, how we doing, Q? Damon. Good, real good. Good, good, good. So I got, I got a comment. I got a trivia question for you, and then I'm going to answer your question. All right. So, uh, the trifecta, baby. All, <laughs> yeah, I got you today. So, hey, so first of all, I want to I send out some gratitude to you because I was listening to your show, uh, your Friday show, and I think Damon was giving you some crap about being older, and I just turned 30 yesterday. And, uh, you know, you say, Damon, Damon said something about you being older, and you said, you know what? Each year I get older, it's a blessing. And that, that just really stuck with me. So I just want to say I really do appreciate that because that, that, that made my, um, my birthday weekend, that made yesterday just, just that much better. I, that was something that I was really thinking about for these last few days. So thank you for that because, you know, I don't know, turning 30 was just a little bittersweet for me, but uh, that, that really improved my weekend. So thank you. Well, wait till you turn uh, 46, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'm like 30 now. I'm like, geez, man, I don't know where the time is going, but I, I know I shouldn't be complaining to you. It's all uh, good. So, <laughs> so here's the trivia question. And maybe uh, Mitch from New Jersey knows this since he seems to be such a uh, radio historian. Do you know where Al Davis was born? Um, yeah, he was, wasn't he born in the, he was born in the East Coast, right? New York? He, so I, that's what I thought too. He is actually from Massachusetts. He okay. was born in the same small city, Brockton, Massachusetts, uh, where Rocky Marciano is from. It's nice. the home of Rocky Marciano. Yes. I never knew that. We were born from the, we're from the same city a week apart. I never knew that. It's, nice. It's a, it's a sm- yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so going back, so going to your question here, um, I, I want to be a coordinator, man. I, 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 I want to see how it feels to call the plays. You know, like I've, I've played Madden my whole life and, you know, I, I want to just, st- I, I want to stop hitting, you know, square, circle, triangle. I actually want to be the one who, who's calling the play. I, I'm, I, I'm sure I wouldn't survive more than a drive though. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll tell you, Hey, they'd fire me after a drive too, brother. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. You guys have a great day. All right, you too, man, and happy birthday. Good deal, man. That's awesome, man. Uh, nice on the little trivia question as well. And, uh, yeah, man, I think just being a, 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 a play caller would be so much fun. Like I said, for one drive, I think I'd be sweating. I think, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm telling you, the, 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 the pits would be all sweaty and everything. You know, I'd be, heart would be pounding and stuff. I mean, man, you, you know, like, everyone ain't cooler than the other side of the pillow when you do something like that for the first time. I think I'd be under so much stress by the time that drive was over. I'd be, whew. 
take this headset and go. I'm done. <laughs> I'm me take my tail back to the press box, man. <laughs> this is much easier just talking about y'all instead of trying to be y'all. But uh, we'd love to hear from you again. 702-365-9200. Salmon has text line 69187, keyword R&R. What job in sports would you like to have just for a minute? Just to feel what it's like, to see what it's like, just to be on the other side of things. Let us know about it. But uh, don't call us next because we do have a good guest coming up in Brandon Cristal. He's from KOA Radio in Denver. Going to talk all things Denver Broncos as our training camp two-a-days come up next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. About to get into our training camp two-a-days with Brandon Kristoff, sports anchor at KOA Radio in Denver, talking all things Denver Broncos. But I did throw the question out there on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword r and also the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. What is something in sports you'd like to learn or you'd like to have that job for, like Richard Jefferson did? He was one quarter an official for a summer league game last night. So what would you like to do? I said offensive play caller. New England Raiders said he'd like to be offensive play caller. DeMond wants to be a damn scout, man. DeMond wants to really be in the fire. He wants to be responsible for a six-round draft pick. I select... Or maybe, how about you go and move it to, say, a fourth-round draft pick, and you can say you selected Zamir White. How about that? That'd be great. <laughs> there you go. DeMond is the scout. He's responsible for the Raiders selecting Zamir White in the fourth round, the running back out of Georgia. But, no, in, in reality, we just want you to know or want to know from you what you would uh, want to do at least one time. What would you want to do? 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, Geese Mode said, I would want – to be the replay official in New York to make the 100% accurate call or non-call that the Raiders usually never get on the field. Whatever's best for the game and brings officiating justice for the silver and black, let's go Raiders. That's from Geese Mode right there on the Salmon Ash text line of 69187, keyword R&R. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into our training camp two-a-days. It's time for another edition of Training Camp Two-A-Days. As your boy Q takes a look at every team on the Raiders' 2022 regular season schedule. Here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. We are doing Training Camp Two-A-Days here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're checking in with every team on the Raiders' 2022 schedule. And we're going to do that right now, talking all things Denver Broncos with Brandon Cristal from KOA in Denver at BK Denver Sports on Twitter. And, Brandon, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. Before we really get into the training camp two-a-days, I wanted to ask you just about the buzz and the excitement level around the fan base and even the returning players in Denver just heading into training camp. It's really, really high, Q, and I can't remember an anticipation for a training camp this high, maybe since Peyton Manning was here. And you can understand the similarities when you bring in a guy that obviously his Hall of Fame resume was pretty close to, to complete, but Peyton certainly added to it with uh, some huge years and, of course, two Super Bowl appearances and a Super Bowl win. Russell Wilson, obviously a little younger than when Peyton came and wants to play a little longer, or the expectation is to play a little longer. But you got to remember, going back to that 2011 season, that was – or 20 – I guess when uh, when he came, it was 2012 season. So it was off of Vaughn's rookie year where Tim Tebow had just won that playoff game. Yeah. So there was momentum around the team, even though Tebow had moved on, because now you're adding uh, so, such a talented, rare player at the most important position in sports. And with Russell Wilson, you, you have that as well. Then you add to it a first-year head coach who's full of excitement in Nathaniel Hackett and this new ownership situation that should be finalized sometime during training camp officially when the when the league owners get together and, and vote to allow Rob Walton and his group to buy the team, uh, all of it 
and, and, and the fact that the fans haven't been at training camp in two years, all right. of it lends itself to what is going to be the most anticipated training camp in a decade. Right, no doubt about it. And when we do these training camp two-a-days, what we do is we do a, a, a positive, a negative, and then the biggest question uh, as far as the team is concerned. So the positive for the Broncos heading into training camp, as you mentioned, has got to be Russell Wilson. Is there another positive that you see from this team? Is it just the kind of juice that the players have, the returning players have? Yeah, I, I think that they're relatively healthy in terms of there weren't too many season-ending catastrophic type injuries. You know, they signed Randy Gregory, and there's a question mark about his shoulder, but he was out of his sling, and they expected he'll be ready to go close to or during training camp and ready to go by week one, which is what matters. But a, a year ago, you had guys with torn ACLs, a bunch of a bunch of defensive players coming back off injury, and the year before that, both Cortland Sutton and Bradley Chubb tore ACLs. And I guess last year you had Chubb coming off his, his different kind of bumps and bruises. Right. So it, it's just uh, on paper, we'll put healthy in quotes, a healthier team. So the, the question is, can guys who are back to fully being healthy like Cortland Sutton and, and even Albert Okwebunam, who may end up being the second tight end, can those guys show the explosion they showed a couple years ago before the injuries? And, and so on defense, you don't have too much of that beyond Gregory's shoulder, but you have Chubb in a contract. You're trying to, to prove that not only does he belong in Denver, but he belongs somewhere at top dollar in the, in the final year of his, of his rookie deal. So, there, there's, I think, just overall excitement across the board, and then with the what they've got going in the backfield, and once the O line shakes itself out, that with Russell Wilson and, and this mix that they can make some noise, not only in the AFC West, but in the AFC playoffs. Talking all things Denver Broncos right now with Brandon Cristal from KOA in Denver here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We're doing training camp two-a-days right now. And as far as Russell Wilson and that offense, I saw a report where the, the Broncos are trying to tailor the offense around his skill set. What do you expect <laughs> that to look like? Well, I think that it's it was kind of a silly statement. It obviously wouldn't run an offense that doesn't benefit right. what Russ does. You know, you know, I mentioned the Peyton Manning era. At the end of the Peyton Manning era, it was obvious that he was not the same thrower that he had been for the majority of his career. And so in order to force Peyton to hand the ball off more, John Elway brought in Gary Kubiak, and, and they ran the ball a lot. And there's plenty of documentation about Peyton and Gary not necessarily always seeing things eye to eye. And, Gary only giving play calls that have run options on them at times or getting mad when, when Peyton would change the play and calling a timeout here and there. And so you don't have that necessarily with Russ with the amount of talent he has. Now they've run the ball plenty in his tenure in Seattle and maybe to his detriment at times. Cause when you look at his total numbers, right, we were doing this yesterday as an exercise on KOA to chase Tom Brady, Russ is going to have to play like 15 years and be a lot more productive. Right. He's been very efficient. But he's only got 224 touchdowns or something like that. So somewhere in that in that range, he doesn't have hardly any interceptions, or certainly not a lot of interceptions. But his passing yardage isn't anywhere near what some of the more prolific passers have been in terms of overall yardage in his in his decade in Seattle. So what I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to do is he still wants to run the ball, and they've got this outside zone scheme that that has become very popular thanks to Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur and, and all these guys that Hackett's close with. And so they're going to ha be based in running and play action, but they also realize they have all these weapons. And, you know, we've kind of touched on guys like Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, and, and we could go on down the list, and even the running backs out of the backfield, that it would be silly not to let Russ do what he does and have the ability to check the passes and push the ball down the field with this with this talent. And, you know, a name we haven't mentioned, but one to keep an eye on maybe is a, deeper fantasy grab for fantasy players out there. KJ Hamler could end up 
being the Broncos' top receiver on any given day. I don't think mm. it'll be every week, but he he's a guy that patterned his game after Tyler Lockett well before Russell Wilson was even in the Broncos' thoughts or, or right. wishes, right? Yeah. KJ saw Tyler Lockett as a similar kind of player, so for his first couple of years, and he was uh, he, he's the one coming off, I guess, the worst injury, now that I think about it, uh, but he hurt himself in week three and is well ahead of schedule. So he, he had reached out to Tyler Lockett well before the Russell Wilson stuff happened, you know, previous years. So can he take the top off the defense like that? Maybe so. But the idea that they're tailoring the offense, well, it would be silly to, like I said, go go away from what Russ does well. You want to get him on the edge, get him out in space. That way you're not stressing your O-line that he's just running around behind the O-line and in the pocket or trying to stay inside the tackles. And, and that way he can go make the magic that we know we've seen him make forever. But seeing that in print and that Jeremy Fowler quarterback ranking from another scout, like obviously they're going to do what Russ does well or play to his strengths. It would be stupid not to. You don't make all those, uh, you know, you don't make the move and, and throw all those pieces in there to not to not utilize Russell Wilson's skill set. But also, what one thing worth pointing out, you know, Nathaniel Hackett had a front row seat to Aaron Rodgers learning Matt Lafleur's version of this offense and saw probably some of the things that didn't necessarily go smoothly in year one. Years two and three, Aaron Rodgers has been the league MVP in back-to-back years. So clearly, whatever the growing pains were, they obviously got past it. But I think what Nathaniel Hackett's trying to do with Russell Wilson is is mitigate that even more so. And and I'll bring Peyton Manning up again because I heard Peyton say this in an interview and I haven't talked to him about it uh, the couple of times I bumped into him. But he said some of the things that the Broncos did when he came in was they kept the cadence the same. They tried to keep the vernacular on things that were the same as similar as possible for him, just to give him less to, to even think about. Not that Peyton couldn't process it or Russ can't process it, but stuff that's already kind of second nature to them and everyone's learning new why not just make it new for the coaches rather than make it new for the quarterback? And so I, I think that they're going to do some of those things, and maybe that helps the learning curve a little bit. Brandon Christiles, our guest here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. This is training camp two-a-days talking Denver Broncos. Lots of positives around the Denver Broncos right now. What would you say the biggest negative around the roster is right now heading into training camp? Well, there's certainly question marks on the O-line. We don't know who the starting right tackle is going to be. There's a few guys battling for that spot. One of them's Billy Turner, who was really versatile here and then spent the last three years playing up and down the line for Nathaniel Hackett and Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. He is Nathaniel Hackett, one of his daughter's favorite players. So Billy Turner certainly feels like he may have a shot. He's coming off some off-season stuff injury-wise, and so when he's ready to go, it's him. It's a couple other guys that they, they like in that mix. I'm not going to bore you with who those guys are. You'll see them when the <laughs> Broncos and Raiders get together October 2nd there in Vegas. I'll be there, by the way, because nice. I'm, I'm doing a double dip, not only the game, I'm then going to see Darius Rucker that night. There you uh, go. He's playing Vegas that night, so so I will definitely see you, Q, in yes. the house, uh, and I can't wait to check out that, that stadium. But but the O-line, other than Garrett Bowles, who is firmly entrenched at left tackle, I think he's in year two of his four-year deal, you don't know exactly where Quinn Miners, Dalton Reisner, Lloyd Cushenberry and Graham Glasgow, who reworked his deal, you have four guys for three spots. So Glasgow has the most tenure of any of those guys. Reisner's only missed a game or two with an ankle here and there at left guard. This offense doesn't necessarily suit him, but he had his best year as a rookie playing in a similar offense when Rich Gangarello was calling the plays. They love what Quinn Miners, a big kid out of Wisconsin Whitewater, did when he came on as a rookie. They like the progress of Cushionberry, so it's a good problem to have. But just solidifying that O-line, is the biggest question mark on offense by by a wide margin, and then on defense, linebacker athleticism is a, is and and production from the two off the ball linebackers and Josie Jewell. He's also coming off a season ending pec injury. 
And they brought him back on a two-year deal. This kid Jonas Griffiths, who they traded for as a special teams guy, ended up playing really well late in the year. And he ends up being the, the other starter going into camp with them moving Baron Browning outside. And then, you know, I mentioned Bradley Chubb in a contract here. Can he go out and make it hard on the Broncos to move on from him right. by putting up another Pro Bowl kind of season or pushing for defensive player of the year? Can he really be that top five pick that he was? I think those are the biggest question marks on D up front. You know, how do they play against the run? They traded for DJ or signed DJ Jones uh, from the Niners. He's a big run stuffer. So they should be better there. And then they do have one of the best secondaries in football yeah. with maybe the best safety in football and the best young corner. So they're good on the back end. It's, it's the front seven that has question marks. I think you like their personnel maybe more than even what the Raiders have, just despite having guys like Max Crosby and Chandler Jones now. But you don't love their personnel yet, I think, in their front seven, unless things come together like Chubb's, Chubb's consistency in terms of health and Randy Gregory coming off injury and showing he can be consistent. Because when he finally has put his weed problems behind him, right. he's still been banged up for the Cowboys, and his production doesn't necessarily – equate to the $70 million that he got from the Broncos. Yeah, he got paid in a major way, right? <laughs> he got paid in a major way to go take his talents to Denver, so we'll see how that shakes out. But I thought it was a pretty good pickup of uh, Randy Gregory. And, Brandon, let me ask you this. Let me ask you what my biggest question is when it comes to the Broncos, and it really has to do with the sidelines and Nathaniel Hackett, and I know he's got a lot of accolades, and I know he learned a lot in Green Bay, and you know he's been an OC, an offensive coordinator, where he actually called the plays. But how quickly do you think he can get up to speed about being the CEO, being the head coach? as this is the first time he's been the head coach. Yeah, I think that's his biggest challenge. It's not just unique to him, but you look at what Josh McDaniels is dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I talked to Josh a little bit. I told you when I was checking in with you from the owners' meetings. And Josh has waited, obviously, a decade to take this opportunity again. And he's had a few other chances, the most notable being him accepting the Colts job and maybe reading a crystal ball and knowing Andrew Luck wasn't going to be around forever. But Josh, because he went through all that he went through in his mid thirties. Now, as he comes back in his, his mid to late forties, he's going to be ready to know what he doesn't know or ask for help where he needs help or put people in charge and empower them. And I think Nathaniel Hackett has a, a couple of aces up his sleeve. One, one sleeve is his dad, Paul Hackett's going to be around some, not a lot, but he's a sounding board because his dad obviously was an NFL assistant for a long time under some really good head coaches and a head coach in his own right at, at USC and at Pitt. And so he's got his dad. And then Dom Capers is on the staff, mm, mm-hmm. really in an advisory role. I mean, I think Dom will be in, jar- in charge of some game plan conversations with the Giro Evero. But Dom Capers is another guy that he can rely on. And Gary Kubiak's around. And Mike Shanahan's in town. And I think that, that Nathaniel Hackett has no problem reaching out to people like that to, to help with maybe when, when there's a pitfall here and there, try to avoid them. But he, he said that managing his schedule and having all these extra commitments, because no coach realizes all the extra stuff that comes with all the media stuff and, and getting the injury report into the league and all this just extra little stuff that adds up and cuts into your time, especially when you're the play caller. And right. I think LaFleur really, really leaned on Nathaniel Hackett the last few years in, in Green Bay, as well as Luke Getze, who's now calling plays in Chicago. So, so Hackett got to see what, what LaFleur had to jump to after not doing that at that level, never being a head coach. So hopefully all these things he's learned, we know he's a really, a really smart guy who was studying neurobiology. And he, he also brought in a coach of the coaches, a, a guy named John Vieira, who's a friend of his from neurobiology classes at UC Davis. And his job is to really teach the coaches how to teach more efficiently. So they pride themselves in, in wanting to be as efficient as possible. Melvin Gordon wasn't here for OTAs and, 
And so I asked one one of the media sessions, do you guys allow them to, to participate on Zoom? Because I do a podcast with Shelby Harris, who's now with the Seahawks, yeah. but he spent a good chunk of the offseason here in Denver with his family and, and working out here. That's the way the vets do it in Seattle. If you're about six years plus, you just don't go for OTAs. And he would just jump on Zooms every day. But Hackett said, no, they put some stuff on YouTube. So then Melvin Gordon gets around towards the end of OTAs and minicamp. He says the YouTube stuff has been great because they talk through it. He's like, it's just like sitting in the meeting. They draw it up. They show you the play. And he said it, the install was great and really accelerated it. So it's things like that. You know, those YouTube links are not public. Right. I don't think any of us could go, could go look at them and see exactly what they're doing. But they're trying to take advantage of the fact that this is 2022. Right. And you've got a team full of players, certainly at least half your roster that's 27 and under, if not even a little more than that, that knows how to do everything they need to on an iPad and a cell phone and a laptop and a desktop at home if they have one. And so the, it's silly to to try to you know be uh, archaic in your approach at times when you have this technology at your fingertips that you can take advantage of. So I think in, in those respects, you know, he's ahead of the curve, but it's still the day-to-day just weight of the job. And we'll see, right? He's everybody's friend now. You start losing games, right? That's when your real that's when your real test of character comes out, right? And that character is revealed. So Time will tell, but he's certainly saying and doing all the right things. And by the way, he has a future Hall of Fame quarterback, so that'll make him sleep a little easier at night. Yeah, I mean, having the quarterback is the ace in the hole, right? That's a, that's a, a step in the right direction for sure. And I'll tell you, I'm glad you said that YouTube wasn't available to the public because everyone was just getting online right now. <laughs> everyone was like, wait a minute, hold on. Let me go ahead and check out what the Broncos are doing. Let's check it up and pull it up on YouTube. That's funny right there. Brandon, before I let you go, and this has been fantastic, I got to ask one more question. The NFL schedulers, they they know what they're doing, man. They have Baker Mayfield going up against the, the Browns in week one as he's the Panthers' uh, quarterback obviously just traded from the, the Browns so that's week one but they also have Russell Wilson and the, uh, the Broncos going up against the Seahawks week one how do you think that game's going to shake out as far as intensity and kind of the build-up leading into that week one game well Q I mentioned that I do that podcast with Shelby Harris and and so when we talk every week now I'm certainly pro Seahawks but at the same time I think the Broncos just have a better roster and, and because they haven't acquired that veteran quarterback, like a Jimmy G and, you know, he's coming up that injury. They didn't trade for Baker. Yep. And, and so they didn't necessarily bolster. It's Geno Smith and Drew Locke. I have a hard time believing that Russell Wilson, who is going to say and do all the right things and give the 12s and Pete Carroll and John Schneider <laughs> and, and Jody Allen and Paul Allen, all the love he can going into the game. He wants to win that game 35, nothing and say, okay, you guys were sick of me. I got sick of you. You wanted to move on from me. Well, I'm going to make it pay on Monday Night Football in front of the whole, in front of the whole country, in front of all the football fans in the world. I think that we will see, we will see a big time, at least effort from Russell Wilson and the Broncos. I haven't checked that line in Vegas, but I'm sure the Broncos are at least a field goal favorite, uh, and I and I like them to cover unless something miraculous happens at QB for the Seahawks. Right, yeah. I don't expect a lot from the quarterback position in Seattle. I really don't. Drew Locke, as you very well know, is not it. And Geno Smith definitely is not it. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, as as the kids jump into the conversation. <laughs> as, yeah, they, they, they want to they they talk Broncos and Russell Wilson, too. They all got their Russell Wilson T-shirts and, and jerseys are on the way. Uh, you know, it's the number one selling jersey in, in the NFL yeah. uh, this, spring, this spring and summer. And talking to folks at the Broncos team store, they will not have enough supply to meet the demand for training wow. camp. They just, because of supply chain issues, they cannot, they've already taken all the, all the available blank jerseys. If you wanted to put your boy Q on a Broncos jersey, which you know you wouldn't, or if I was going <laughs> to put, put, put something on, on a Broncos jersey, one of my kiddos, 
uh, wanted a different number or a, a Steve Atwater or a Champ Bailey jersey made, you can't right now. Wow. They took every blank jersey and put a Wilson 3 on it because they know they're going to sell them at training camp and in the preseason at the team store at the stadium. They just can't get them fast enough, and Nike can't make them fast enough. Wow. So it's actually a good opportunity for Russell Wilson, who has his own gear, to potentially sell some of that Russell Wilson 3 Nike gear. There you go. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's uh, my kids are excited uh, about the Broncos, just like everybody here in Broncos country. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that at all, my man. I definitely appreciate uh, your time this afternoon. Fantastic stuff. Anything you got cooking on a KOA that I need to be on the lookout for? No, no, no. It's a calm before the storm. A week of talking British Open and whatever else might be going on. Summer League out there in Vegas, yeah. keeping an eye on the Nuggets. What are the Avalanche doing? You know how this this time is. You guys are at least doing your training camp two-a-days, which is obviously a lot of fun. And then wife and I are sneaking to Mexico next week. And nice. two weeks from today, Bron- Broncos training camp starts. Uh, so I will be ready, ready, locked and loaded, just like you know and anyone that follows the league this closely. But when you cover the NFL, your summer ends in late July yeah. for the most part. And so uh, my summer will unofficially end in late July uh, with with the trip. But then uh, we come back and it is let's hit the ground running and see if Russell Wilson can follow the trend. And Raiders fans don't want to hear this, but maybe people laying money down in Vegas might. Uh, and we saw Tom Brady go to Tampa and win a right. Super Bowl in year one. Yeah. We saw Matt Stafford go to L.A. in year one and win a Super Bowl. And there's plenty of folks here. I think if the stars align, Russell Wilson could be the third in a row to do that. I understand there's plenty of teams standing in their way. And and so it's going to be a long, fun season, especially in the AFC West. But, yeah, man, that's that's about it. You can keep checking out uh, the Shelby Harris Shell Shock podcast because it's a fun podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, it's called Shell Shock uh, hey. that I do every week with the big Seattle D-Lyman. He'll be on TV and, and radio the second he's done playing. He already is, kind of, so. Uh, no, I appreciate you having me as always and can't wait to talk to you during the season, Q. Yeah, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy that vacation. Soak it in because, like you said, once training camp hits, man, it's over. It's going to be work until Super Bowl, the draft, and all that stuff actually gets wrapped up. And Shelby Harris is obviously a guy that a lot of Raider Nation is a big fan of as well as he did play with the sure, Raiders sure. before uh, even going to Denver. So uh, definitely a continued success on the podcast as well. But, Brandon, thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, you gave me a lot of time. I really do appreciate it. It's always great to catch up with you, and we'll be catching up soon when you come out to Vegas. Sounds good, Q. Stay cool out there. I know it's, it's a little warm. Uh, we'll catch up with you soon. No doubt about it. Stay hydrated is what you got to do. That's what Denzel Perriman, who started off the show today, uh, he always says, stay hydrated. And man, I'm telling you, 110, 111, whatever the, the case may be, it's hot. It's hot, hot, hot. So stay hydrated. But a very detailed uh, conversation right there with Brandon Kristall we're going through our training camp two-a-days. We just wrapped up with the Denver Broncos. We still have on the way on today's show we have the Houston Texans and we have the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, I know that's not exactly in the order of the Raiders' schedule, but because John McClain is always joining us on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock, I didn't want to move him just for the sake of trying to keep it in the right order. 2.54 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back, wrap up hour number one. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.